Good morning. This is Michael Stola for the Stola Real Estate Report on the Kesselman TV's Roundtable. This morning, I have one of the most active developers in the city of New York and even, I believe, in uh, Seattle also or Arizona. Um, it's Douglas Dinn's Developments, CEO Jed Resnick. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thank you. So how do we look at the time today as a developer? I mean, it's difficult times. There's political issues. There are financing issues. Um, there's a definite need for housing. So how do you look at it today? Well, Michael, I think I've said before, this is in some ways the best of times and the worst of times in New York City development. Housing demand has never been higher. Rent and occupancy have never been higher. There are more people who want to live here who need homes. At the same time, it's probably never been harder to build anything. And uh, we're seeing it. we're seeing it in lots of different aspects of the market right now. We're seeing it in astronomically high rent on the market rate side. We're seeing it in extremely low vacancy. We're seeing it in an increase in homelessness. The migrant crisis doesn't help. Um, the fact is that lots and lots of people want to live here. More people want to live in New York City than ever before, and we just need more places to put them. So you're active right now in four of the boroughs. You're not, not active in the borough of, of Queens, right? I Amazingly, we're active in four boroughs, and the one that's missing is Queens. So if you have any ideas, please, we'd love, we'd love to be able to Can to we Can we find some more land? You know, I, I mean, development only takes place if you have land. Okay, are we going to do a, a landfill? You know, look, there's land out there. The problem we have is uh, is without without any 421A or any substitute or replacement or uh, any other kind of tax abatement for mixed income rentals. It's just it's not something that we can do. Given- so, you know, for my audience, let's talk about what what the 421A program was and what we what you'd like to see. Sure, sure. So 421A for decades was the principal financing mechanism for mixed income housing. And it's changed a lot over the years. In the most recent iteration, developers would set aside 20 to 30% of the unit, new units to be constructed for uh, permanently affordable housing. Uh, and would, or rather, I should say, I should say for, for uh, uh, 40 years of affordable, of affordability locked in. And in exchange would receive an exemption from the increase in taxation that results from their development. So the property would continue to pay whatever tax it was paying, whatever whatever uh, assessment was currently on that that land, but we the um, the city would defer the phase in of any new taxes as a result of building a, a bigger, newer building, and that really enabled developers to build uh, all across the city, um, not just significant new supply that that helps moderate increases in market rent. But it was the principal mechanism to build affordable housing in high opportunity neighborhoods, and without it, we're really concerned that that, that activity is going to drop off. Let's talk about your new developments, the baby that you're involved with on on Atlantic Avenue. Sure, sure. So it's a very very exciting project. It is uh, potentially our our last big mixed income rental for a while. It's 456 units on Atlantic Avenue between Franklin and Classen. We closed our acquisition of the land and our financing about three weeks ago. And it is, it's a very exciting project. It was, it was rezoned by the sellers who, with whom we've partnered on, uh, on the development and was, was taken from a, a one story manufacturing district to what will be a 17 story, uh, mixed income project. It's, 
uh, 137 of the units are set aside for families averaging 80% of area median income. So it's a significant increase in affordable housing. And because it's financed with 421A or the Affordable New York program, which was its its most recent incarnation, there's not a, a dollar of city, state, or federal subsidy. So we get to create 137 affordable units, 456 units overall, and we don't we don't need any any uh, government money to do it, which is which is really remarkable. Right now, you're also involved with uh, senior housing. Tell me about that. We are. We are. We're very active uh, on our affordable affordable housing platform in the senior space. We just received a TCO a couple weeks ago on um, a project on Webster Avenue in the Bronx on a 99-year ground lease we executed with the New York Botanical Garden back in 2000. So we, we built 188-unit building. It's 100% age-restricted for seniors. It's 100% Section 8. So it serves seniors earning less than 50% of AMI. And those seniors will pay 30% of their income regardless of, of what that income is. And uh, we have, we'll have project-based Section 8 vouchers that will pick up the rest of the, uh, of the rent. So it's really a fantastic program. It's a deep, deep need in the city. Now, this is a, we, have an, we have an aging population. We have a growing population, but we also have an aging population. And um, New Yorkers of means have a lot of options as they age. They, some of them go to Florida. Some of them, some of them uh, you know, move, move closer to their children somewhere else. Some of them age in place. Um, but, but lower income New Yorkers just don't have as many options. And it's something that we're really excited to participate in. Let's talk about your 11th Avenue project, which I, is being rented, uh, rented up right now. It is. So it's called 311. It's, uh, the address is 311 11th Avenue. And it's, uh, it's a giant project. It's the whole block from, from 29th to 30th street on 11th Avenue. And it's the, the biggest thing any of us have ever done. It's, it's 635 feet tall. It's 938 units. That project was also a rezoning. Um, we've been working on that for more than 10 years. And because it was a rezoning, it was subject to mandatory inclusionary housing. So we've set aside a full quarter of the units, which is 235 units for families averaging 60% of area median income. Uh, the other 75% are market rate, and they are, they are leasing up fantastically well. Uh, we are right on pace. We, we anticipated it would take 12 to 18, probably 18 months to lease up. We're about 10 months in and we are about 60% leased, um, far exceeding expectations. Okay. Besides exceeding expectations on leasing, what about the rents? <laughs> the rents, the rents are exceeding expectations. We're, we're, uh, we're very, we're very happy with where rents are. Um, we all went through the early part of the pandemic concerned about the state of the city. We saw very quickly, and by the end of 2020, right around the time that people started having confidence that they'd get vaccinated, they started signing leases for apartments. By the middle of 2021, we there were no discounts in the market, and and uh, you know we're happy to say that that rent is uh, is well above its pre-pandemic levels. It, it's and it is exceeding our pro forma expectations. We're, we're we couldn't be couldn't be happier. Okay, and what, the, ab what about retail? The retail in that building is leased. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen retail activity. It's not a core piece of our business. We really only do retail where and it's, it's at accommodation. It's 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 uh it's an amenity for our residents. It activates the ground floor. It's an, it's important. Uh, at at three eleven, we have a uh, eight thousand square foot space 
with an additional 5,000 feet below grade that we leased to a, a supermarket, um, which we are excited about. Sort of, sort of a, a you know a high-end independent supermarket, which is an important amenity for the neighborhood. Right now, the only supermarket in the Hudson Yards area is the Whole Foods at uh, at Manhattan West, which is fantastic, but it's important for the community to have a, a Whole Foods alternative. Now, is the uh, supermarket under the Fresh program? Not at that location. It's not. We're doing a fresh, a fresh supermarket at the project I mentioned on Webster Avenue, where we are actually relocating an existing grocer who had been on site. We're we're putting we're moving him into a brand new facility so that we can then demolish his existing store and build another building. Um, and that's been that's been a uh, an interesting an interesting challenge. We have to learn a lot about the fresh program and its requirements. Uh, it's a little bit complicated to commit in advance to find a grocer. Yeah, no, no question. With one minute left, let's. How do you look at the the end of the year, the balance of the year, with regard to interest rates, developments, and so on? Well, I wish I could guess at interest rates. Your your guess is as good as mine. It seems seems like we are uh, maybe leveling off a little bit. Maybe maybe taking a little bit of a pause on uh, on rate increases. The most recent inflation numbers were encouraging. Seems like the Fed is is getting it under control, which which we're excited to see. Um, I hope that if interest rates stabilize a little bit, it'll bring a little bit more comfort to the capital markets. That that uh, people will start to feel a little bit better about about repaying some of their short term debt. Um, you know, we haven't seen long rates increase as nearly as much as short rates. So if, if we see some things stabilize there, it'll just be good to get capital churning again. Uh, some of my banker friends say that they can't lend us a lot of money because nobody's paying them back. So if we can, if we can start to see some, some capital cycling around, it'll just be great for everybody. So as I would say on my TV show with my crystal apple, the apple seems to be semi-bright for the future. Oh, but it's definitely bright for my friends at Douglas and Development. I'd like to thank Jed Resnick for being the CEO, for being on the show today. Thank you so much.